Steelers fans, you're probably still basking in the victory feelings of Victory Tuesday. Well, it's time to turn a Victory Tuesday into a Tony Wednesday. That's right. We've got Tony Serino back on the show. He's going to be having a fun talk with me. We're going to start off talking about Najee Harris. Then we're going to flow into, we look at a lot of role players in the defense and the stepping up that they did at several different spots. We'll talk about who the Steelers should be considering to bring back for next year to be part of what they want to rebuild on defense. And then finally, take a closer look at the playoff situation, what we know what they need to do, but looking into potential matchups, what other where other teams are, all of that right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hit the like button on the YouTube video if you're watching this. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday content. As always, joining me, my good friend, my former co-host, my guy, the guy from AFC North Talk, who was giving Quincy the business this week. It's my man, Tony Serino. Time for a Tony Wednesday. Tony, what's up, man? What's happening is, the, you know, not to be too somber here, but the last Tony Wednesday after a Ben Roethlisberger home game. Uh, oh, man. Why'd you, yeah. why'd you have to bring the I know, back? I love bring it down a little bit. But you know what? As I said on AFC North Talk, uh, it was the perfect ending for Ben Roethlisberger, the perfect way for that for that story to close if, if this is indeed the end. And it, boy, does it feel like an end. Uh, so happy to be here, Chris. Happy to talk Pittsburgh Steelers with you. Absolutely. Same here. Um, we thank you for making the Lockdown Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Thank you for everyone who checks us out. Uh, remember to give us a five-star rating with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts. And you get a special shout out at the end of the show. Thanks again for that. But let's talk about Najee Harris because he had a phenomenal game, Tony. Um, you yeah. look at the production that he's had this season. It's 188 yards. It now gives him uh, 1,100 and 72 rushing yards on the season, the most ever by a Steelers rookie. It also gives him 1,612 all-purpose yards, both fourth most in the NFL. And, yes, he has a ton of touches, a ton of – he has 296 carries. He has 366 overall touches with with uh, um, with his 70 receptions. Uh, but you see the impact that he has there. He also has 10 touchdowns on the season overall. You see the impact that he brings to the game. You know, I, I look at this season, Tony, and I, I've brought this up before, and people people were like, I don't know about this. But I'm like, go back and look at some of the games that the Steelers have won where you've seen him being a major contributor. You, you had you, He has been been a big part of, and maybe, you know, if without him, they would probably lose at least five and maybe even now six games. You look at this game, you could say that. With the way that he played against played against the Browns, over 200 all all purpose yards in, in the yep. in the victory. You wouldn't say that about the Titans, sure, but you look you look back and you see his his contributions against the Ravens in in the, in their first game, over 100 yards from scrimmage. Really was able to help to keep the offense moving, and we see how bad the offense is in those times. You know, he without him, they'd probably be even more stalled with the way that he creates on his own. Hundred over hundred yards rushing against the Lions. They might lose that game, not tie that game, but lose that game. 
with, with, yeah. without him. Um, he had, uh, he had, he had, I think he had over a hundred yards against the Browns the first time all purpose. Uh, same thing for the Seahawks, uh, and, and over a hundred, over 140 yards all purpose against the Broncos. So you look at those games and certainly there's certain games like the bills and the Titans where he wasn't visible, but he's showing you even with a bad offensive line that is injured, they're down to their fifth left guard backup center. Um, though that's more like, that's less injury. That's more, they needed to find a new, a new answer there. Yep. Um, you know, all the situations there, but he's continuing to produce. And you saw in a huge game that they needed to win, he came up in the biggest of ways. Yeah, his stats aren't gaudy this year. I mean, it's, it's look, running for – he's going to run for probably around 1,200 yards in a 17-game in a season. It's not going to be gaudy. He's, you know, he's got a four uh, – an average of four yards per carry, which is which is good, not great. But his number – look, like you said, it was playing behind an offensive line that did not play well – throughout the year. And so while his numbers aren't gaudy, you're absolutely right in that he, he was a key contributor to, to an offense that wasn't very good. And an offense that, you know, let's, let's be honest here, didn't have a whole lot to rely on otherwise. Right. I mean, you know, the, the thing that to point out here is that usage number, the fact that this team felt that he was reliable enough to give him the ball nearly 300 times this year, rushing meant that they, they weren't putting Ben Roethlisberger in harm's way. You know, the, 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 the way that they have done in the past couple of seasons when Ben Roethlisberger has been healthy. And I think that's as big a part of this as any, because, you know, one of the other things to look at in these games is, is you know, when, when they've won these games, games like you talked about Cleveland, Seattle, Denver, Chicago. I mean, these are all close games, by the way. These are all, these are all one score games. Was, you know, th- that game that they won on Monday night was the first game that they won. That wasn't mm-hmm. a one score game. They didn't have big turnovers in those games. And I think one of the reasons why they didn't have big turnovers, they were able to run the ball and Najee very reliable as a runner. Um, and, and I think that's been as big a part of anything, this year is, is just while the running game hasn't been great, they've been committed to it. And that commitment has paid off. And it, and like you said, it, it leads to no turnovers. He still doesn't have a single fumble in 366 touches. Yeah. I, and I pointed this out years ago on this show. When that, is they that real did... wood right there next to you? We need you to do a little. <laughs> <laughs> right. okay, yeah, I appreciate that. You're right. What am I doing? <laughs> but, but point being, 366 touches, still hasn't fumbled the ball, and yeah. you, you look at the, you look at those numbers. I said this back in 2017 when Le'Veon Bell had his year, and you saw how little he fumbled on the on top of all the production that he gave the Steelers. And the very next year in 2018, several games that they lose, the close games where yeah. maybe the fumble wasn't the wasn't the one thing that cost them. But several fumbles from running backs in key moments, like the Browns game, like the Broncos game, like the Saints game of that 2018 season. You look at those those fumbles in close games. If the, if Le'Veon Bell's in those situations and he's not fumbling and he's producing even just the same rate that James Conner and whoever else was playing in those games, the Steelers probably win and they might make the playoffs that year. And that's something that Najee Harris is bringing. He secures the football while also being a supreme playmaker. He also creates a lot of yards after contact. I, I saw someone put up the 181 in, uh, of his 188 yeah. yards were after contact. Now, PFF has it 159, I believe. But yeah, still, it's next-gen stats versus PFF. Yep, they're, they're going right. to fight on It's a battle between who's calling what. But the bottom line is that's a whole bunch of yards after you got touched, man. It's it's incredible, and it's, it is another thing about Najee Harris to point out, which is that, look, yeah, okay, only four, only four yards per carry, not great, right? You're, he's not, not going to make the Pro Bowl with these numbers. Go look at go look at the numbers for Benny Snell this year. Go look at yeah. the numbers for Kalen Balaj. Go look at the numbers for Anthony McFarlane when the, the, the limited reps that he got behind that same offensive line with the same bad play calling that everyone's been talking about. Right? Go look at their numbers and go look at their yards per carry average. It's nearly a full yard 
less than what Najee has been able to do. Um, and I, I think that you see that on the field. I mean, this is the th- this is what stands out about Najee is that we've seen Steeler runners behind bad offensive line. Steelers' bad offensive line wasn't very good last year, and we saw what James Conner and Benny Snell and the like did. Najee Harris is a different breed, and I think you know every Steeler fan has seen that throughout the year. While 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 outsiders may look at Najee Harris's stat line and say, "Oh, not that great," you know, I thought he was going to be better this year, you know, given all the 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 hubbub about him after the draft. But those of us who, you know, you you watch the tape and you see this kid is special. And boy, if this Steelers ever did get an offensive line in front of him, the, the Steelers are going to have something real nice with Najee Harris for years to come. That's why I said in our last show we were talking about, and the last show I did with you last week, I was talking about if they could just build an offensive line and get a decent quarterback. It doesn't have to be yeah, elite. Yeah, exactly. Just, 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 oh, gosh, not, not that again. But, but point being, a decent quarterback, and I said decent, otherwise, and that if I was yeah, talking yeah. about we're decent, on, we're I, on the same I page. Yeah, yeah. Mitchell Trubisky, uh, we're on the same page. We're not, we're not, not, but point being uh, an offensive line that gives this guy a chance to play like this. And you have a recipe like the Titans offense, you know, yes. and, and, and you have Derrick Henry and a decent, cause Ryan Tannehill, not, not way up here, not, you know, but not way down here. He's kind of just like right here in the middle. And if you have a quarterback that can, they can just hold that line. Don't turn the ball over, make the reads when, when they're wide open. As you see, you saw even, even in Ben's limited arm, arm strength right now and arm talent right now, the, the touchdown pass that he had it was created because Taki Taki came up to the line of scrimmage because they were like, we have to stop Najee Harris. And Ben yep. threw right behind him, Dante Johnson, slant, touchdown. That's the impact that, that, that a Najee Harris can, can bring for you. Again, this was why I emphasized the importance of getting him in the first place. And you see the impact. They probably have a – they definitely have a losing record this year without Najee Harris in the fold. And if you had spent that on, you know, say an offensive lineman like Tevin Jenkins who was hurt or, you know, any of the guys that were selected in, you know, close yeah. to Najee Harris's spot, there's no guarantee that those guys – fix the entire offensive line and make it so that Jalen Samuels and Anthony McFarland and all these other guys could just, and Benny Snell could, could, could carry the, the, the Steelers rushing offense. But point being Najee Harris, you know, playing at a really, at a really high clip as far as performance wise, Mike Tomlin talked about that on Tuesday and he's putting the Steelers in a position where it's like, Hey, you know what? Maybe there's you, you, you build around him. You, you have Pat Fryermuth. You can keep things going with this offense moving forward. Yeah, I thought, I thought the one nice thing, you know, the, the knock on Najee coming out, if there was anything, it was the it was the explosive runs. It was the 20-plus yard well. runs. Yeah. Uh, we saw, I mean, obviously Monday night we saw he's, he's capable. He's pretty explosive. Yeah, I, I think he'll be all right in, the, in that category. Maybe not the most explosive in the league, but he's certainly not going to be to a detriment. Right? He's not going to take what should be a 20, 30-yard run and turn it into a 10-yard run because he doesn't have the legs. That's not going to be a problem for Najee. Right. Right. And, and I mean, I think Josh Roundtree made, made a great point uh, on his Twitter on the on the morning after the game. He said he, on the touchdown run, here's Greg Newsom, who runs a four point three eight forty yard dash trying to chase down Najee Harris and Najee Harris pulls away from him. Yeah. Like like that's how. And, and yes, momentum and all that plays a factor. But we've Effort. seen how when fast guys, lightning fast guys like Newsom get going, they can run yeah. down somebody if you're if you're not fast yourself. Najee does have a gear that he can kick into, and he kicked into it in that situation. We're not going to just talk about Najee Harris, because I want to also talk about the defense. There were a lot of really good role players who stepped up in, the, in this last game and have really 
you know, poked their heads out a little bit and said, hey, Steelers, I, I could contribute here in the final months of the season. We'll talk about who's done that the best and who's earned maybe a place on the team next year. But first, I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the New Year's. So that means New Year's resolutions. If, if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it unlike the other protein bars that can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this just isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and, and pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. That's much healthier and tastes even better. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to your secret treat, treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever, and throw out all those sugary, calorie-filled treats. Replace them with Built Bar so that when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from between coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, milk brownie. There's so many more. And Built is always coming out with more new limited time flavors. So go to Built.com to check out what's new at any point in time. And then you can also go to Built.com, get your next order with the promo code Locked 15. That's L O C K E D 1 5. Locked 15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's Locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Tony Sruder for a Tony Wednesday. Now, Tony. Let's talk about this defense. Let's do it. We could talk all day about TJ Watt. Uh, we could talk a lot about Mika Fitzpatrick this year and the things he's had to do to try to just keep the plays bottled up. Um, but one of the worst safeties in the league. Yep. <laughs> we could talk about Cam Hayward and everything that he does for this team. But I want to look at the role players because we know who the stars are, right? And we know who you know you're you're basically def you that are on the roster definitely like Cam Sutton's going to be here next year uh Devin Bush will be here next year there's guys like that who are definitely locked in and you'll have you'll have playing but there's guys who might get more of a role even if they're locked in here who might get more of a role that have had less of a role this year or guys who oh their contract is up and the Steelers need need to make a decision should this guy stay so we're going to go through the list and I want to get your response to some of the names here. Actually, sure. I want to get your, your first thoughts. Who are your top priorities? If you're the Steelers of guys who might leave this year mm-hmm. to say, hey, we'll give you a reasonable offer to stay and, stay and keep growing with this defense. I think that there are three big names, boring names that stick out. Uh, no, they're not boring. I kill a Witherspoon, the first one, right? I think I kill a Witherspoon. He's an obvious one. The, the play, his play over the past month has been – James Pierre-esque, let's say, right? Okay. James, James Pierre, how I dreamed it going is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's doing what you wish that James Pierre Exactly. Did. I was just uh, just off a little bit in the projection there. Although, in my defense, Akilah Witherspoon, not a stealer when I made the projection that James Pierre was going to be an all-pro. I think he's... I, I, the only <laughs> question with... Movie. The only question with Witherspoon is that this has been a guy who's been kind of hyped up around the league, right? I mean, he signed a I decent agree. deal with Seattle, and then they traded him to Pittsburgh. So you do wonder, going into the open market now, 
how much of the steward's going to have to pay. And, you know, when you're in the open market, you don't pay, right? You overpay. And so you wonder how much the overpay is going to be. The stewards have the cap room to do it. But I wonder if, if Colbert and Tomlin maybe get a little hesitant, depending on how, where, you know, where that number comes in. I think, uh, uh, what's his name? Montrevious Adams. Yeah, definitely. Was it Cam Hayward yesterday talking about this kid's a diamond in the rough? Yeah. Is that, did I read that yes. quote right? No, no, that was, that was correct. Yes. Yeah. I, you, okay. If that's all I need. Yep. Sign him up. Right. Uh, if, if Cam Hayward signs your endorsement deal and, and you got, you got it from the locked on Steelers podcast. I'll tell you that right now. Exactly. Exactly. And this uh, Adams, I believe, you know what? He came from the practice squad of the saints. So he may not be, uh, he's also going to be a free agent, I believe. And, and, but he's not going to be a, uh, uh, likely won't take up a, a bunch of cap space. The other guy who's an interesting cap number here is Edmonds, yeah. Terrell Edmonds, who they declined his fifth-year option. You and I were talking about this earlier. I just think, I think you know that when you decline someone's fifth-year option, it does feel like you're agreeing to split, right? It's like an amicable split at right. the end of that. So I, I would, while I do think he's done enough to bring him back on a you know a mid-tier deal, keep you know keep that secondary together because you know you're going to likely have to replace. Joe Hayden, who said goodbye on Instagram this week, seems like there's some finality potentially to that. Yeah. So, you know, keep keep some of that secondary together by bringing Edmonds and Kilo back. But it, I don't know. It feels to me like Edmonds is the one out of those three I think is maybe least likely. No, I, I feel you there. My big thing was with Edmonds is that because he hasn't been a, a a highlight maker or a super playmaker, he might not get that much in the open market this year. I mean, and, and he might say, you know what, the system that I that I play well in is is playing next to Minka Fitzpatrick and in this defense that you know that trusts me with a certain role, and you know that that might be where he feels the most comfortable to stay. But like you said, open market that's very tempting. It's it's a player's chance to make their make their mark financially in the NFL. Yeah, It'd be tough to resist if I for any player. So I'll be very intrigued. Okay, but you you sounded like those were the easy ones. Those, those are the, are the easy ones. ones. The one, the one position on defense that the Steelers have to address is everyone knows what it is. It's inside linebacker, right? I mean, you talked about Devin mm-hmm. Bush coming back. He has to come back. He's, he's The question with Bush is not whether or not he's going to come back. He has to. He's on the fourth year. It's whether or not they pick up the fifth-year option. Right. The that's, a, that, that's a big question right now. That is a big question. That'll be interesting to watch. Joe Schobert, Robert Spillane. These are two players. Uh, Schobert's not in a contract here, but the question is, are they going to keep him around? Or are they going to cut that contract? Because they left themselves a, you know easily cuttable deal. Feels like Joe Schobert, I'm going to scratch him off. That's a no-go because I'll tell you why, Chris. The Steelers got another guy that has shown out this year, and I'm ready to say that he is he is going to be the starter next to Devin Bush next year. And potentially there's a second guy on this list. Uh, is that Robert Spillane who played well, who has, who has had multiple uh, hits in the backfield to big runners, including Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry? No, it is not. Is it Marcus Allen, a player who is overcoming a bad number? People forget that Marcus Allen is wearing 27. You and the bad jersey numbers. He's wearing 27. I can't emphasize this enough. He's overcoming that. He's been playing decent this season. I do like Marcus Allen. I don't think he's in a contract year, though. I think he has one more year left. No, Chris. The player I like, the player who has come all the way back. Forgot he was even on the roster until last night. My dog, Ulysses. Grant Gilbert the oh, third. Get the heck out Let's of here. go. A sideline, a true sideline to sideline. Look, you remember the speed that this kid had, I believe, coming out of Akron, Kent State. One of those two. I get him confused. This is a kid. Pro football focus has him as a rated a 75 this year. <laughs> they do. 
Sure, he's just had 36 reps, but as you know, <laughs> low rep counts are not going to stop me. Listen to these. What the Steelers need this year is a cover linebacker. They, 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 they've lacked a true coverage linebacker. They wanted Devin Bush to be that guy. Blame it on the ACL. We'll see what happens. You call it. Listen, you blame it. You, we'll, we'll see what happens next year. Listen to these numbers. Ulysses Gilbert this year, who has played, what is it, 26 coverage snaps, mm-hmm. has been targeted just one time. Just yeah. one time. And how many yards did they get on that? On that? One. Just one yard. Okay. Just one yard. I'm ready to say he's the next. I'm not going to call him Fred Warner. I'm not going to say that. Okay, I'm going to say he's better. I'm going to say this kid is ready to be better. Okay? Bobby Wagner? Bobby Wagner? Then now we're talking. Now we're talking. Okay? Sign me up. Stop. The Ulysses it. Gilbert hype train used to be a thing. Stop it. Let's get it back going again. Let's get it going again. The, the, the Ulysses Gilbert the third. UG. So you're, you're, you're signing the UG3. Onto your, that's got a ring to it. As UG threes, he's got a great nickname. He's got a great number, fifty four. Great number, yeah. All in. All is okay. there any uh? Are, there any players, Chris, are, are, are we done I with didn't... this now? Well, okay, because other guys that I do think actually should be in this conversation. I know Tony's making jokes here, but I, I really think Derek Tuska, Tuska and Taco yeah. Charlton have each made cases to say, "Hey, we can be your depth edge guys moving forward." Whereas yeah. About two months ago, Steelers fans were shuddering at the idea of Melvin Ingram left. We're doomed. There's yeah. no help out there. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're sitting around saying, wait a second. Taco's getting better. He's performing better against the run. He's helped create some turnovers. Derek Tuska has some late season sacks here. Looked really good on that sack of Baker Mayfield. He uh he, he was he, he was, 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 was did he get the did he get a sack on Mahomes or was that Tannehill? I mix I might be mixing up my games. Uh no, because Highsmith had the sack on, on, on Mahomes that forced the yeah. fumble. So I, I believe it was Tannehill that I'm thinking of uh, with with Tuska. But still, there's two sacks and two wins that, you know, you thought, you know, and a lot of people were saying, why did they let go this Jameer Jones? Why did they let go, uh, you know, why did they uh, let go Quincy Roche, my Roche? dog. Exactly. My dog. Why did they let these guys go? And granted, I still think those are legitimate questions because I was like, man, Quincy Roche looked like legit. I think they just got burned and didn't think that other teams would pick him up on the practice squad. Yeah. But these are two dudes who have stepped up and said, you know what? Maybe we do want to keep you around for another year, at, at least another year or two, to say, "Hey, you're, you know, you probably, you probably don't make a whole bunch on the open market, but here's a team that you flourished on. You won't be have too much pressure on you just yet, and you can show people that maybe in a, another year or two that maybe you should get more time." Right. Neither of these guys are are like big household names around the league, or you know, again, Witherspoon is the one guy that we've talked about today that may actually be out of the Stewart's price range, depending on what he does on the open market. Corners right. get overpaid. Corners but everyone get else we've talked about, yeah. But Tuska, I mean, you can bring him back on a minimum salary deal. They they're probably have restricted uh, or some sort of exclusive rights free agency on him. Um, you know, and then I think Taco Charlton, while he's been around the league for a little bit, again, I don't think there's going to be people, you know, knocking on his door come March to say, hey, let's let's bring in on a on a decent sized deal so they can likely get him back. And we know from this offseason that they they went in knowing that they wanted a third edge rusher there. That's why they signed Melvin Ingram. So both these guys, yeah, you're right. Both these guys have their chance to be that third guy going into 2022. Uh, so there's 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 certainly guys that you consider there, but this is one thing that I, I think is very good for the Steelers because we're talking about all season long, and we'll talk about for months into the offseason, about the potential 
of who they can sign with all this free agent money, right? Like, and, and everyone's talking, well, there's so many positions. Well, you can get rid of some of those positions with role players that you signed that you signed for cheap. And yeah. it's tougher, it's more tough to gamble on role players because you know, with guys that you have that haven't been part of your organization, you can see some things on, on film and they flash and you're like, maybe, and then they just end up being these guys that you just can't use at all. You know, that 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 hap- that happens. But when you have a guy that's part of your system that's been there for years, it you they could still they could still wash out. They could still not, you know, have a, you know, just have, that would have been their one blip and they not come back the next year, but you at least know because they've been in your building, you've seen their work ethic as an organization and they know what, what, what's to be expected of them in, in the organization. You have a better sense of who this guy is and who you can trust moving forward. That's why I really think when it comes to, and, and Witherspoon, you're right, could end up being expensive with the way that he's played here late in the season, but Maybe if you're letting go Joe Hayden, maybe he's worth it. Maybe he's like worth saying, hey, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to do it yeah. again next year. And if you're a number one starting corner, we'll revisit that and give you a, you know, that that kind of money later later down the line. But, you know, but you but you look at guys like, uh, you know, like like Tuska, like, um, uh, you know, like like even like Edmonds in that in, in that situation. I, I I truly think that's that's an option. You know, Taco Charles and Montrevious Adams another, and you have guys, young guys like Isaiah Loudermilk who are under contract for the next three years. Yep. There's there's role players there, but you still, my opinion, I agree with you. They do need to go out and get another inside linebacker to pair with Devin Bush. Uh, I know that you're uh, okay. Listen, listen. All, all, all jokes aside, with your funny faces here on gotcha, YouTube, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, you, you're right, UG you're right. three is it, you, you can keep him for depth if you want. Also, yeah. Buddy Johnson, uh, maybe he gets some more time next year now that he's he's had a rookie season, and we'll see where where he develops. Um, but what about what about uh, what about Arthur Mallette? Arthur Mallette could be a piece if you if if he if he comes back again for the cheap and he, and you you don't have to pay a look because I, I think he worked his way into learning what the slot position was about for the Steelers. I think it took a little bit of time, but that could be another piece where you're like, hey, you're not guessing as much. And, and again, it's you know, the slot cornerback position is a place where you can draft a guy in the sixth or seventh round, sign an undrafted dude, yeah. you know, or get another guy like Arthur Mallette next year in free agency for a couple mil or even less than that, and say, hey, come to the Steelers, fight for it in training camp, and then you know either Arthur Mallette wins the job or someone else does, and then you're you're working it. You just put you want an aggressive guy who's going to attack the run who's going to be able to cut you know cut and move back and forth laterally and take away those those quicker slot receivers in the nfl yeah i i thought i thought you know tomlin talked about this at the beginning of the year when he was talking about the the slot position and who was going to be there so you know we have you know we have different types of slots and you know he talked about the slot the slot corner almost being like another linebacker on the field and the, and the kind of physicality that the steelers demanded i thought mallette kind of fit as the season went on better and better in in that kind of a role um but I, I like you. I'm not sure that the Steelers actually go out and re-sign him again. Rather than it does feel like slot corner is one of those in the draft or in free agency to just go in and kind of you know solidify this uh, once and for all. I mean, and you saw that with the way they didn't want to bring back Mike Hilton, uh, right. and and you know technically like they could have afforded to bring back Mike Hilton and, and let him be a part of the core moving forward. So um, you know that's. You know, but again, it's just about value to that position where they see maybe they can get another guy to fill that that spot. But I do think Arthur Mallette has deserved, has earned, excuse me, a uh, a chance to be looked, to be looked at and said, hey, maybe you just bring him back on an, on another cheap deal, keep him in the fold, and you know, and then see where you know who else who else plays to to your liking. Um, but then then that allows you to say, hey, you got these other positions shored up as role players. Now you can spend 
more of that money to go get you some of those actual players that you think in free agency could be game changers to pair. And again, not like, you know, the guys that'll cost $30 million a year, nothing like that, or, you know, or like, you know, $20 million a year, but you can get, you know, maybe you get an offensive lineman that costs you $10 million a year. Like, you know, I think Teron Armstead's one guy that's out there. And these kind of things allow you to go and get those type of players. We will have a ton of time in the off season to discuss this before free agency opens up in March and the Steelers, you know, we'll see how much of a buyer they, they, they are in that period, which is crazy to think they will be buyers in free agency. We've, we've been used to the Steelers waiting out, you know, you know, the first few days and, and waiting until everyone signs the first few guys and then making their moves like a week or two into the action. Uh, it, it might be different this year, depending on, on, on how we see, but yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see that. I wonder if they're going to be like super spenders at the beginning, or if they're just, you know, they usually poach at the end, right? They kind of they get, do. you know, they, they, they key bronze and they'll do a little poach, poach, poach. I wonder if we see more poaching this year than 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 normal, and not necessarily the kind of the big splash free free signing, you know, where we hear Adam Schefter break the news at 12:01 on the you know tampering period day. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be it, like you said, it's going to be a fun thing to watch come March. It's going to be a fun thing to watch, but those are those are the role players that you should be looking at for the Steelers to try to retain. Um, going into free agency we're going to talk more from a global sense look at this playoff picture a little bit more and what we actually think about how these these vinyl games will go down that, that they'll, they'll decide the Steelers fate but first I got to talk to you guys about get upside hey Steelers fans this is Chris Carr with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about it's called get upside my listeners are making up 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now use promo code touchdown to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash back goes right into your account you can then cash out anytime to your bank account your paypal an e-gift card for amazon or plenty of other brands just but just download the free get upside app and use promo code touchdown to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank again that's promo code touchdown on the get upside app We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Tony Serino for Tony Wednesday. Tony, let's look at the reality of the playoff picture. Now, everyone knows what it, what the deal is. The Steelers need to beat Baltimore. They need to hope that the, that the Colts lose to the Jaguars. Both of those games happen in the 1 o'clock hour, so the Steelers by 4 o'clock should know that situation. Then, of course, Sunday night football will come, and they just have to hope that that doesn't result in a tie between two and seven teams. Uh, just they just need a winner from from that game. Uh, but of course, the Jaguars are the tough are the tough you know tough call there. They're two and fourteen. You know they've had so much drama with Urban Meyer and everything that's gone on this year. But they're playing a Colts team and they're playing a Colts team that, that knows they need that, that knows it can get into the playoffs with a with a win. They could they could get their situation going. I I look at this situation, Tony, and to me. You could, and you you've brought this up on your show, the AFC North talk, and I think this is an interesting point. I don't think the Steelers should ever look in a situation and say, "Yeah, we should lose to tank." We should, you know, that, that that's not something they should do. Right. But I don't think too many Steelers fans would be angry if the Steelers missed the playoffs this year, knowing that this isn't their year. And the way Ben Roethlisberger got his send off, if they if the Steelers could beat the Ravens, and it's right. just that hey, the Jaguars didn't pull off a crazy upset. Steelers fans might be like, you know what? We'll take that consolation prize and move into the next year. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, 
you're right. I said this on AC North Talk, but there are no happy endings in sports. There, there are very few, right? There, there's yeah. John Elway, there's Jerome Bettis, there's Peyton Manning. That's the list, yeah. right? Well, Ray guys, Lewis. yeah, Ray. Oh, sorry, yeah, Ray Lewis as well. Um, guys, usually at the end of their career, you know, they go out in unceremonious fashion. You don't remember, you know, how Joe Montana left. You know, he just had no. a random playoff loss with the Chiefs. You don't remember how Dan Marino. Well, Dan Marino, you kind of remember because oh boy, that was sixty-two to seven sticks with you a little bit. Like, yeah. Oh, they lost sixty-two to seven to the Jaguars, did they? Uh, and I think, yeah, I think the way that Ben went out on Monday night, you know, the, the, the ovation that he got, the chance that watching him be able to kneel it one final time and then take it all in on the sideline, you know, tears in his eyes as the cameras are on him, as he sits there and kind of takes it all in and then, you know, gets to walk off into the locker room with, with his family. I think that's an iconic moment that Steeler fans will remember forever. Right? I mean, I think, you know, if you told me today, like, hey, you know, you, you could have you could have a potential playoff matchup, a rematch with the Chiefs today, I would tell you as a fan, like, you know, for Ben's send-off, I, I think I'm good with how it ended on Monday night. Um, and in fact, there's a part of me, Chris, that is kind of disappointed that the NFL has the 17th game and that the Steelers have to play another one because I feel that strongly about how how iconic and how finite it felt to watch Ben Roethlisberger yeah. walk off into the locker room with his family that it almost feels anticlimactic right. That they have to play another game at this point. I understand it. And I want them to beat the Ravens. No doubt about it. And I, but yeah, it, it is a, it is a weird part of the end of this season, knowing that so much of the end of the season is about Ben Roethlisberger and is about, you know, the end of it that do I want to watch him lose a playoff game to Kansas city or, you know, whoever it would be. Not really. Right. And, and I get that. And listen, 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 we're not saying that Steelers fans shouldn't root for the playoffs. That's, that's absolutely yeah. not what we're, what we're, what we're saying there. What we are saying though, is that like, if they didn't make it, how crushed would you be from this situation? This isn't like, what was it, 2015 when they needed help to get in? I think they needed the Bills to to lose to the, the or they needed the Bills to beat beat, beat the Jets beat the or Jets, something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, that. That was different because that year you're like, man, if this team could just get in, they could maybe do some damage. Uh, you know, like, they did. They went to the AFC Championship game that year. Well, that was, I think 2015, was that? No, because 2016. I think that was the champion. I think that was the championship year. Because oh, I was thinking, wasn't that 2015 when they needed that help? And that was when they played the Bengals in the in the wild card round, right? Because was in 2016 okay. they won the division. Uh, Remember, because they played the the Dolphins and at home, and then yeah, they won yeah, the yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, but 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 point, but still, point being, you know, 2015 they needed help to get in, and they got it, and it was yay because that team. We know this team isn't that. We know that this team is gonna is a team that has to win ugly, that has to win with defense, that has to win with the other team making mistakes and the Steelers capitalizing on them, and then Ben Roethlisberger doing just enough to get you over the hump. Right. That's not good. That's not going to happen against too many good teams in the NFL. It's happened more than a few times this year with the way the Steelers have been able to work their way to this situation to get to eight, seven, and one. And, you, know, and, you know, I think they, they've got they've made it work. But when you play a team like the Chiefs, who are a mature team now, who know who they are, they're not going to let you get away with that, especially in Arrowhead. We saw that. That's why they got the Steelers got blown out there. Um, you know, they might be able to sneak a Titans team because the Titans have been up and down this season. They might be able to sneak the Bills again, though. I think that would be a tall task because the Bills are pro probably are like they they'd have a revenge sense and they'd really yeah. be amped up for that game. I, they might be able to sneak a Bengals team if the Bengals came in overconfident because we've seen young teams do that at times. But you know, you're look you're looking at all these teams that might get that two seed. And still, that's it, that's not a, that's not a great chance. But I, and I feel you on Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, the way he went into the tunnel, the way he he did everything in, at Heinz Field, 
you want that good feeling for, for your hero because and, and for so many Steelers fans, he is that hero. So I, I kind of feel you there. But all that being considered, the AFC, when you look at these standings, Tony, I mean, is there is there are there teams that you look at and you're like, man, if if the if, if the in the right situation, the Steelers, you know, there's there's a team that you can follow and say the Steelers might be able to match up with this with this team and get one because imagine if this this happens. Crazy something happens. The Steelers get matched up with a team that they can that they can contend with yeah. in, the, in in the first round of the playoffs, and Ben gets one more playoff win, and then gets crushed in the division round. But if he gets that one more playoff win, I feel like that would be another thing that would go into the lore of his 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 legacy. Yeah, I think the teams that you want to match up with, if you're a Steelers right now, you want to match up with teams offensively that just can't that that aren't bad offensively because there's no bad offenses that are going to make the playoffs, but like just they're not the cream of the crop, right? right? They're not they're not the 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 best of the best and that's tennessee you know that's it is buffalo a little bit that's new england right i mean i i think you know the steward run defense against jonathan taylor is maybe not something i want to watch no. but 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 i think that the colts are in a run similar situation because carson wentz has not been very good this year yeah. That's a situation where that's a much better offensive line that, that that you're facing there, and Jonathan Taylor's been on fire. But maybe if you're able to say, "Hey, Carson Wentz beat us with your arm," maybe you pull that out. But still, I agree, Jonathan Taylor's not something you look forward to with the way the Steelers have played this year. No, and, and so I think, and I think the teams you want to avoid are the teams that can throw up a bunch of points on you early, right? They they struggled against Kansas City. They struggled against the Bengals twice. Um, I think you know those are the two teams in the AFC, and the Chargers too, right? And they struggled against the Chargers. Uh, so I think, you know, we've already seen this team go up against those kind of offenses and, and the kind of struggles they have. I, I will say this to Steeler fans, though, because I know, you know, there's the mentality of like, look, if you're not in the playoffs and the, the season was a failure. And I, I get that mentality. But I'll say this, you know, Steeler fans are going to hear a lot this offseason about a rebuild. Right? They're going to hear about starting from scratch. It seems going to have to start from scratch. This is this is going to be a complete rebuild. I, I, I push back on that wholeheartedly. This Steeler team this year, everyone's going to talk about how, the, oh, they have to find a replacement. But they, well, what are they going to do without a quarterback? Look, this is not to diss Ben Roethlisberger, but he is not the same guy. He's very, very clearly not the same guy. This has not been a team that has been led by Ben Roethlisberger. He has not carried this team to a single victory this year. He has done his, he has played his part throughout the year, and he has done enough at times, but he has not carried this team to a victory. And they still won. They still won eight football games, potentially nine football games. This is a team that are the third most rookie snaps in the National Football League. What is a rebuild if not playing a bunch of young guys, losing all your veterans, which they did this offseason when they lost their entire offensive line, Bud Dupree and Mike Hilton, and playing a bunch of rookies. I, I push back on the idea that the rebuild is coming. Look, the, the rebuild started in 2021, and it just so happens that this team, this team is either going to have one in at the start of their rebuild, either eight or nine games. That, to me, is a success about the season. I know the playoffs would be nice, but I think the success of this season is that the rebuild started and – they're still just as they're 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 just fine so far. They're they're a game out of the playoffs. I mean, again, imagine if that's the floor for whatever the new that you for for whatever this new era of the Steelers is about to be, right? Like, imagine if 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 you're really looking at a situation where for the rest of for the you know for the next ten years, well, you know, however long they keep you know Najee Harris, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and this this you know Pat Frymuth, this crew of young players. If 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 nine seven and one is like right around like hey you know even when things are are going wrong if you don't find your heir to the next you know to the to, you know to Ben Roethlisberger that you could still get there 
again, that's that's just where Mike Tomlin's been. Like you know, and, you know, even when Ben's had a rough year, even when the defense has been rebuilding, and you know, and things haven't worked out the right way, it's like, hey, you'll at least be competitive. That's a pretty good place to be. And if things work, if if you hit on some draft picks, if you find a quarterback that works, then you're talking about getting you know two, three, four more wins, maybe. What where does that put you in a sense of competing with the rest of this conference? That all these are a lot of new teams that are still figuring things out. The Bengals for their for their success this year, they deserve the praise that they've earned this year. But they're a young team. They they're still they're going to find out next year. Okay, this is what it's like to have the target on our backs because no one's cared about the Bengals in a, in a long time, and it's different when everyone says, "Oh, that's the team we got to get up for every week this season," and they do it week one to now week eighteen. The Steelers deal with that. The the Patriots dealt with that in Tom Brady's days. The Packers deal with that now. Uh, you know those those are things that aren't easy to just come by. And it's also why you see so many organizations flash and get better. Um, you know, but then eventually, you know, fold away. I mean, look at the Jaguars. They couldn't handle that kind of pressure when they got it. So when yeah. I'm talking about being able to sustain success, that's what I'm talking about here with a lot of these teams. And I think if the Steelers realistically look at this core and they see it, if this is truly the floor of where of where they're going to be moving forward, this is a pretty good floor to be at. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know if this is exactly the floor. I think – but it's, it, it's, it, I think it, it can definitely get worse. They've it's had several bounces go their way this season. But, but, yeah, I mean, they've won a lot of one-score one games. But, 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 what were there were three things that people said about this team before the season that was going to hold them back, right? Well, what if Ben Roethlisberger is just wholly and truly washed, right? This guy is not the same player. Right. That ended up being a little bit true, right? Ben, yeah. just, ben was not the same Ben. Yeah. What, what if this offensive line doesn't come together? It's a bad offensive line happen. all year. Yeah, that happened. I mean, the, the offensive line was bad all year. What if the defense takes a step backwards this year and it's not as dominant as it's been, right? It goes from being a top five defense, more of a top 10 or top 50. That all that, everyone who said all the, all these things are going to happen. This is why the Steelers are going to, this is the demise of Pittsburgh. This is the demise. I mean, all those things happen. They were all right. And we're looking at either eight or nine wins. So I'm with you. I mean, I don't know that the floor is eight or nine, but I think we're, we're close. We're close to the floor. I mean, this is what Mike Tomlin does. He finds ways, all the criticism of Mike Tomlin, fine, but he finds ways to get this team to play winning football, regardless of the level of talent, I think I think that is to be applauded in Pittsburgh. I know the standard is set so high. The standard, you know, the standard is standard, and, and the standard of, of Steeler fans is my goodness, far too high. But understand what you're watching. You are watching a coach take take inferior talent and turn it into W's on a week in and week out basis. Which is which is crazy with the way that he's done it, Tony. It's been a it's been a blast. We're way over time on this show, Uh-oh. but I, but I, I thank you so much for for doing. No, no, it's always a pleasure to do this show with you and talk. I get I have a lot of fans that that are like, man, I love it when 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 Tony comes on. So uh, I relish the opportunity to be able to talk football with you, my friend. Appreciate it. Uh, let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. Uh, you can find me on AFC North Talk, which is a roundtable show on YouTube, all about the AFC North. We're going to go two times this week. We did it, uh, if you're Ooh. listening to this on Wednesday, uh, we did it last night. It was a three-hour show. I have to tell you, you know, obviously, being an AFC North show, we spent a lot of time on the Bengals. So just skip the first two hours. Skip the first two hours. Skip to the last hour. You'll have some fun as we talk about <laughs> the Steelers and the demise of Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. We'll do another preview show later this week. And then you can find me on my YouTube channel. I know I've been dormant for a little while. Come back with some videos here at the end of the season and into the offseason. I am looking forward to this offseason. It's going to be weird. It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, a season without Ben Roethlisberger. And how do they replace him? And, and I look forward to, to being back here on Locked On Steelers. Talk to Chris about it.
Absolutely. We love talking with Tony. We'll be having here, him here all through the, the offseason. Check out all his great content. He does a great job. That's why uh, he and I, he and I, we always, I would, heck, I watched this last show, even through the, 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 the part, the half, the, like the hour and a half they talked yeah, about. Yeah, it was about two hours of Bengals love in there. Not great, but you know, what are you going to do? They, <laughs> they beat the Chiefs. <laughs> But it is a fun time. Do check out AFC North Talk. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast today. You can always find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Like the YouTube video. Uh, if you're watching it, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sorry for this episode being a little bit longer. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critique. Thanks again for listening. We got to be back tomorrow with uh, more tomorrow with our crossover Thursday with Kevin of Locked On Ravens.